Hello and welcome back to the InfraDig podcast, the podcast series run by IJ Global, Infrastructure Journal. Let me start with an apology. It's been a while since the last InfraDig podcast, but what can I say? It's been a busy start to the year. But we're back now, and I have with me a particularly interesting guest who is going to be talking about digital infrastructure across Africa. But I'm getting ahead of myself again. Let me make my introductions. Me? I'm Angus Leslie Melville, Editorial Director of IJ Global Infrastructure Journal. Today I have with me Damalola Agbaje, Investment Director at African Infrastructure Investment Managers, best known as AIM. Damalola, Dami, welcome to InfraDig. Thank you, Angus. Uh, nice to be here with you. Excellent to have you here. Um, can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and the role you perform at AIM? Bearing in mind, brevity, it's an art form. All right, I'll do my best. Um, so I am an investment director um, based in the Lagos office, um, AIM's Lagos office, responsible for Anglophone West African coverage from a geographical point of view. Uh, but that ends up being principally Nigeria and Ghana. Um, and then from a sector point of view, um, there are a number of sectors for which I have a broader remit. Um, and, uh, you know, those sectors are uh, data centers, uh, which I think is relevant for the topic of discussion today, distributed energy generation, uh, also adjacent uh, to the digital infrastructure themes, um, and then also some transport infrastructure themes as well. Splendid, all stuff that we're interested in. Okay, so thank you for that. Um, everyone knows who everyone is now. Let's get down to business. We're here to talk today about investments into infrastructure, digital infrastructure across Africa. Uh, can you please set the ball rolling with an overview of the opportunity, one could even say requirement, to invest in African digital infrastructure? I think African digital infrastructure is extremely um, exciting. Um, the, 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 the time really is ripe as um, you have on the demand side a young population uh, with high data consumption um, uh, across the continent. Um, you have uh, a young population also with, with uh, significant um, aspirations to participate in the, in the global digital um, ecosystem. Um, and the role that we would like to play as investors alongside our portfolio companies is one that allows us to improve connectivity um, and, and provide a pathway for, for broader participation um, in that global digital ecosystem, ensuring that you know, Africa doesn't get left behind. Mm. Um, I think the, 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 the dynamics uh, have created an opportunity um, for investors uh, who are looking to generate significant returns um, and impact, um, and you know I think on the on the on the supply side, having spoken about the demand side, um, it's also an exciting time with a good amount of interest um, from capital providers uh, to African digital infrastructure. Specific opportunities, um, you know, I think span uh, fiber optic uh, broadband expansion. Uh, next generation telecom towers um, and data centers, uh, which are, of course, a hot topic. 
Mm. Well, that teases up rather nicely because those are exactly the subjects that we're going to be talking about. So we have it, a very real opportunity to invest across a hugely popular infrastructure asset class in a region where there's huge need for investment. Let's take an overview of the broader telecoms categorization and map out the investment opportunity. Let's start off with the bare bones towers, telecoms towers. As we all know, mobile telecoms has leapfrogged fixed line, and we all know why that's happening. No bother, no need to go into that. Um, can you talk a bit about the opportunity to invest in the towers space and where you see the greatest potential for investors? Look, I think in, in towers, there's there's growing demand uh, with the advent of, of 5G, uh, which will be critical mm -hmm. to ensuring that um, Africa's digital revolution uh, moves forward. Um, in the space, there's limited uh, competition uh, with only a handful of players at scale um, pursuing the opportunity. Um, and I think there's there's also government support uh, for investment that's going to support the rollout of 5G uh, with a number of notable tenders having taken place um, in the past past couple of years. Um, you know, for the tower opportunity specifically uh, with the advent of 5G, uh, you know, we estimate that you'll need to increase tower density uh, by up to 400 um, percent uh, to facilitate seamless rollout of 5G. Uh, this is this is really an enormous opportunity when you consider the tower footprint um, that already exists and the scale of investment that's going to be required to broaden that. Um, I think beyond traditional towers, as we move into 5G, uh, we will also need to begin to think about uh, you know other technologies. Um, that, that that support mobile connectivity, including small cell towers. Um, I think, you know, in terms of basic coverage, 2G, 3G Africa at this stage is fairly well covered, uh, but the opportunity from a tower point of view um, is, is really around densification. Um, I think as you also move towards densification, there are, you know, a number of barriers and challenges that, that you need to consider. Um, and that sort of motivate one to look at the digital ecosystem holistically, I think key among those is ensuring that you have a high uh, fiberization rate uh, for towers that are deployed, which I think is still a bottleneck in the quality of mobile, quality of data services available across mobile networks. Um, so in, you know, in short, I think the opportunity um, for, for, for towers is really around densification. It's around newer technologies that are going to facilitate the levels of densification required for 5G. And then it's also about improving the quality of service by fiberizing those towers. Okay, that's uh, that's that's a lot of work ahead on the towers front. Let's let's move on to fiber optic. Now, Africa requires huge investment in fiber, no question about it. But I, I suppose there are priority countries and places where this is going to move fastest. Um, I, I suppose the best thing you could focus on here would be which countries are going to see the have the greatest opportunity right now? It, really, in short, Dami, where's the where should the smart money be looking? Um, look, it's a it's a it's a tricky question. I think depending on your um, risk appetite, cost of capital, um, and uh, I guess investment objectives, um, most countries in Africa are going to be good uh, breeding grounds for for digital infrastructure investments. Think on the you know furthest along uh, in their development are going to be those markets that have the highest density of subsea cables 
um, landing in the high GDP per capita countries um, where the population is demanding a high quality service uh, on a broader scale already. And I think the countries um, that come to mind at that stage of digital evolution and stand apart from the rest would be South Africa, uh, Kenya, um, and, and Nigeria. Um, but I, I don't think that's a secret. So what you'll be seeing at this stage is large global companies um, already operating in the digital ecosystem um, in those countries. Think beyond that, you want to look at uh, countries uh, who, who already have a good degree of, of, of subsea connectivity and a growing, you know, a pathway to growing that subsea connectivity um, to get ahead of the game and I guess front run uh, the, the 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 development that that we've seen happen in those more advanced economies. Um, so for na specific named countries um, that represent probably the largest scale opportunity at this stage, South Africa, Kenya, and Nigeria. Um, but I think following closely behind are a number of other markets um, with with similar dynamics. I remember a long time ago actually watching um, a documentary or a program, documentaries maybe too grand, um, and it was on Kenya. And, you know, way back, uh, Kenya was using, I think it was actually a wireless application protocol, WAP, uh, for a payment structure. And it was really impressive. They're way ahead of the curve and had really good solutions there on the ground already. So um, clearly a market that's very open to digitization. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I think the, the, the concept of leapfrogging is one you've touched on earlier. Mm. You also mentioned that in the in the context of financial services, I think that's an area where uh, you've seen a good amount of leapfrogging um, uh, by African economies. And I think this investment in the digital ecosystem is to ensure um, that positive success stories such as those, um, you know, can continue to come out of the continent. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, now for the next stage of the digital infrastructure evolution, data centers. Uh, they're all the rage these days, everyone's piling in. Uh, where, where are you seeing most movement and where, where do you see the greatest potential for investment in data centers? Again, I think similar to my the answer I gave broadly about the sector, Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya, those are going to present the, the largest single ticket opportunities. Um, for data centers, um, the, the so-called hyperscale data centers. So I think there are already a number of significant players moving into the sector um, in, in those countries. And there's certainly opportunity um, provided you have the right cost of capital um, in those countries. We think, you know, outside of those markets, there is a significant need. There's a significant deficit in the number of co-location racks um, per enterprise, pretty much across across the board. Um, but you know where we see the opportunity um, is looking at ways to to actually um, capitalize on the data center opportunity in some of these tier two countries. Um, and the, 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 you know the model that we are pursuing is one where you're essentially a digitization partner to important enterprises, government agencies, um, in-country that's able to guide uh, your counterparts through the digitization process, um, understanding the, the, the objectives they're trying to achieve, uh, getting really involved uh, to build the trust with the customer, 
ultimately with the objective of placing their data in a rack in your data center. Um, so I think that education piece is, is a lot more important in the tier two markets than it is um, in the in the, the the tier one markets that I've I've mentioned, um, but it's an opportunity that we think is worthwhile. And if you're able to build the trust with the customers, it ultimately does end up driving traffic to your data center. Mm, mm. Okay, good stuff. Um, let's move on to the whole green data center phenomenon. Now, this is something that sticks in my throat a little. Um, data centers. Um, use an awful lot of energy, but they wave the green fig leaf that they're sourcing the energy they need from renewable energy sources. Okay, but we 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 all live in the real world. They're not adding anything to the equation, but at least they're not having a net negative effect on national grids, and they tend to create all they need from clean sources. So. Ignoring the fig leaf for the moment, let's drill down on that front. Are you seeing a lot of solar parks and wind farms being driven by the data center market across Africa? Look, I think um, uh, yes, but just to come back uh, to your characterization of, of the, the problem around green data centers. Look, I think, I think in the, the, the decision um, to go green for your data center um, energy sources is not one that's that's purely climate driven, um, although there's a significant climate benefit that 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 comes with it. Oftentimes in Africa, I think you know there is a a, a power supply deficit um, in terms of grid generation. Obviously, these facilities need uh, 24-hour uptime, and so as an operator and owner of a data center, it's important that you're able to secure your your sources of power supply. And with power being an extremely, you know, it's, the, the, the returns you're going to earn are extremely sensitive to the cost of power you're able to achieve. Um, you know, people need to think pretty carefully about what's going to be the most cost-effective way of powering their data centers. And it just so happens that we've reached a stage um, in the renewable generation evolution where actually oftentimes choosing to go green uh, for your sources of power in many African countries actually winds up being an economically prudent decision um, in addition to one that uh, is re reduces your um, reduces your your climate footprint. Um, so I think it's 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 you know yes uh, DCs will tout um, the amount of green energy they consume to offset concerns that they are large energy consumers and potentially have a large carbon footprint but actually um, in, in Africa it's it's going to be the it's often going to be the economic decision um to choose to go green um and uh and you know we we, we are seeing that to just to name a few examples um we own uh distributed uh, energy generation company um that has tens of megawatts in contracted demand um with with hyperscale data centers um in countries across the continent uh, we also, uh, through our data center platform, uh, Onyx, um, generate uh, a significant amount of our energy requirement from an, an on-site solar park. Um, so these are tangible examples that we're seeing both in terms of supply side from our exposure to the renewable energy, energy generation sector, um, and then also the demand side as, as owners and operators of data centers. Africa remains a region that's of lively interest to IJ Global. Um, to, the, to, the, to that end, uh, do you have any other exciting innovations and in data center technology in the 
continent that you can share? Yeah, look, I think um, the the we, we want to be at the forefront. I think on the on the customer side, we want to be um, a, a, a recognized partner that's able to provide solutions um, and service layers over and above just just being a, a data center with power and cooling. And we think that's going to be an important success factor going forward, particularly um, in the tier two markets. And I think this is a theme um, that we will see become increasingly prevalent um, as uh, the basic sort of co-location um, basic co-location model um, uh, becomes more and more competitive. So being able to distinguish yourself um, is is going to be important. And we think um, provision of service layers over and above just power and cooling um, is an opportunity to do that. I think uh, on the power side, being an important cost input, we continue to optimize. I think beyond just the power inputs, uh, which would be efficient hybrid systems comprising renewable generation, batteries in some instances, um, you know, also on the on the sort of power consumption side, uh, we're seeing a number of very interesting technologies uh, on in in terms of HVAC um, that reduce the the energy demand for data centers, uh, thermal uh, storage, which essentially is a, a temperature battery, is something that we think also has significant potential um, to reduce the the amount of consumption of uh, electricity in data centers. Um, so I think you know those are just some of the exciting initiatives um, that we see um, in the drive towards being uh, you know a market leader operating in in a green um, and cost efficient way. Okay, let, let's round this off with a tip from the top. Uh, do you have any advice for investors looking to invest in digital infrastructure, specifically data centers in Africa? <laughs> um, Look, I think this is uh, it's it's an important opportunity, um, but it's a long lead opportunity and it's a nuanced opportunity. Um, I think uh, the template model of of transposing what is or transplanting what's happened in in OECD markets into Africa um, may not be as successful as people anticipate. So I think a far more considered um, approach is going to be required to to be successful and solve the the supply deficit that absolutely does exist. So, um, you know, I think it's uh, ensuring that uh, your approach um, in African markets is, is nuanced and there isn't a single approach for Africa. The approach in those tier one markets will be different than in, in tier two markets and really understanding um, the specific opportunity you're pursuing um, on the continent and setting yourself up uh, for that is going to be critical. Dami? That's been really interesting. I think our time is up. I like to keep these to around 25 minutes, which I think I've run over, but never mind. Um, it's been really interesting to hear about this. Um, let me take this opportunity to thank you for joining us to chat about such an interesting sector, a sector that we at IJ Global is going to, we anticipate is going to ramp up dramatically in the coming years in Africa. Dami, thank you. Thank you, Angus. And to the listener, as always, I would like to thank you for joining us while extending this sincere hope that you found this to be anything but in for a dig.